0: The hour to which the podcast adjourned having arrived, the podcast is now in order.
1: Let's gavel in for this week's State House Takeout with the reporters on top of Beacon Hill at the State House News Service.
0: Here's Sam Doran. The budget conversation is back in full swing at the State House. We heard updated revenue forecasts this week from economic experts at a roundtable hosted by Beacon Hill's top budget chiefs. Those experts now anticipate a revenue drop for fiscal 2021 in the range of $2 billion to $5 billion. Now, the attention will turn to how to deal with that decline, whether to raise taxes, cut spending, tap the rainy day fund. We heard last week from one of the current chairmen, Representative Aaron Michlowitz of House Ways and Means, For this week's edition of The Takeout, we thought it would be interesting to hear from a previous budget writer and what their experiences were crafting a spending bill. On this week's Takeout, former Senate President Therese Murray of Plymouth. She chaired Senate Ways and Means from 2003 to 07 before her tenure as president, which ran till 2015. Therese Murray is now a senior advisor with Rasky Partners And she joins us as the, I believe, third Senate president to appear on this podcast in conversation with reporter Katie Lannan of the Statehouse News Service. Katie covered that economic roundtable this week, and you can read the full coverage at statehousenews.com. Madam President, Katie, thanks for being with us today. Happy to be here.
1: Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for getting us going on this, Sam. This should be an interesting conversation. Um, you know, I, I did check in on that budget hearing yesterday, and we are in, as we've all heard countless times, a really unusual year. But the idea of of a tough budget year isn't a new one, um, Madam President. You know, I know you you presided over the Senate during the the Great Recession and had some some challenging fiscal years prior to that as Ways and Means Chair. Do you have a, a sense in, in retrospect of what the the toughest budget cycle you faced was?
2: Well, that would have had to have been the, the first year of the recession, when the recession hit. The House, uh, the governor had put out their budget. Um, the House put out their budget in May, but it, the House put their budget out just as we crashed three and a half billion dollars. <laughs> And uh, so this, well, the Senate, the Senate had to actually put out a budget that was three and a half billion dollars less than both the governor and the House had had put out. So we did the cutting. We had we had to cut and change all the accounts. And then when we conferenced, there was no money to spend except what we had put out. So it was a, uh, it was actually probably one of the most easiest conference committees we had, but certainly the most painful because those cuts were deep. I mean, when you uh, When you have a a small recession, which we did in 2003 and four, um, and you have to cut, there there are usually accounts on the books that have been there for years that you can kind of sweep off uh, or sweep revenue from. Uh, That wasn't the case. We had already done that in 2003 and four. So when 2007 came, those weren't available to us. So we had really had a very painful amount of cuts that we had to do. And of course, we were very lucky that we had a, very healthy rainy day fund and over $3 billion, and that got us through two years.
1: Wow, I know the um, folks are already starting to talk about it, it being a, another rainy day as we look at that that $3.5 billion balance and the, the idea of not knowing how long if that rainstorm is going to last. When, when you're in a position where you have to make those decisions to to draw down reserves, to make spending cuts, how how do you approach that do you try to arrive very, at a
2: <laughs> very carefully because <laughs> because the rating agencies are very watch you very closely to see what your reserves are and they they decide how much each state should have in reserve um obviously you can't you can't totally listen to them but you also don't want your ratings to fall because no one's going to invest or buy your bonds or uh, things like that so you have to be careful as you do it but Luckily, we had reserves then we have reserves now it's a it's um, a very painful experience because after going through as chair ways and means knows and uh, speakers and Senate presidents know you know every one of those accounts and you know you put people you put faces to those accounts so there's children's trust fund that uh, or the, the work that um, the mental health advocates do or the legal advocates do so you have to stop prioritizing uh, how much can you really cut before, before it's painful and what can you actually take off the books and, and wait till things get better to bring back. And uh, it's a, it's a daunting experience and it's pain. This is, this is personal pain that goes along with this, those layoffs, this furloughs, which we did uh, all of those. We, we got rid of whole, whole agencies, uh, the, the Senate and the House used to have a, um, what was the office, the document room where all the documents were kept and copied. We completely did away with that. Those are, those are people's jobs. Actually, people were in those jobs for 20, 30, some of them 40 years. Um, and, that, and their identity, of course, when you lose your job, it was connected to that job. So um, there's a tri- rippling effect. It's not just cutting the, the line item of the budget. Um, It is a ripple effect and a personal effect to everybody So
1: it is there's a lot more to consider beyond just the the numbers on a ledger Um, Once you've kind of figured out a a path that seems like it'll be plausible forward um, Of course, every other legislator has to or every other senator has to vote on it. Um, How Mm -hmm. do you? Go about I guess in your experience. How did you go about kind of? convincing people or arriving at consensus or, or making your case that, you know, this needs to be done?
2: Well, luckily or not luckily, um, the recession was was worldwide, just like this pandemic is worldwide. So it's affecting, wasn't affecting just the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, it was affecting the entire world. And you had to look at what was going on there. And you had to look at where your new revenues are going to come from, if you're going to get new revenues coming in. We were very lucky in that we invested in life sciences at the same time this was all happening. And the life, by doing that, the life science industry, as you know now, has built the seaport. It's built Boston. I mean, it's, it's really made Boston what it is uh, today. And by doing that, we started getting in more revenues and we, got, we started doing more international connections with other countries for bio and for uh, high tech. And that brought that eventually brought us back, but in the meantime, we had, and I'm hoping that we're not gonna see that foreclosures and people losing their homes, because mm-hmm. two, two uh, working people in a family, both people lost their jobs. So the mortgage wasn't getting paid. And if they didn't have reserves, which most young families don't really, uh, and if they have children, well, private school goes away first. So there's the effect on the private school system and that higher ed system. And then uh, what do you cut back next? All your recreational, all you're going out to dinner or any anything that um, you don't need, absolutely need. But I know I had a father come up to me on the, um, a ball field. Uh, and he said, are we going to get any more stimulus money? It's very similar to what's happening right now. He said, I'm gonna lose my home. He cried, this man cried to wow. me. And of course, so <laughs> I kind of cried. It, it really touched me how how this this had gotten to these people these were people who were who were very upper middle class who had lost everything they even lost their cars mm-hmm. uh, it was a devastating time i'm hoping that's not going to happen and that the foreclosures won't follow this when uh, when the when the thing when the federal uh protections are eased up yeah i mean
1: when there is a kind of such a widespread, you know, like you said, a, a global situation like this where so many people are, are facing challenges and there's widespread turmoil. How do you, what, what's the mood like if you're, if you're in a caucus maybe, and you know, you have to, you're going to have to deal with these massive challenges.
2: And the mood is horrible because, <laughs> well, well, let's just take some of the healthcare pieces. So say mental health or, uh, mm-hmm. uh, or children's services or, you know, um, uh, foster care. I mean, you look at those are the last things you want to go to, but you have to go there. So you have to cut across. You can't just say, okay, I'm going to cut 10% across the board. That doesn't work. You you have to look at, and there are, as you know, there are hundreds and hundreds of line items in a budget. You have to look at every single one and see how far you can go without really, um, damaging the programs and the people who who need those programs and it's an extremely painful process
1: yeah that's i mean that's one of the things we keep hearing come up this year is that in addition to you know the the revenue side of the thing there's going to be a an increased need for services people raise that point a lot so it's not just a a equation i guess
2: well there is and i was just talking i i don't know if it, it sam uh, Sam Dallaire is here with me. We were just talking that uh, because of the pandemic, and if we have to go to further shutdowns or, or or not be out, we were lucky through this through the summer and the early fall that the weather is good and the you know people were able to at least get outside. When they have to be inside, um, their mental health is already being affected for many people, uh, and for children, if they can't be in school or or if we can't. You know, I, I haven't seen my colleagues face to face in so long. It's all Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. You know, right. uh, and your clients, you know, it's on the phone or it's on Zoom or it's a podcast, and uh, uh, it's a different. It, we're creating a whole different world. So, was, and for those people who don't have the technology or the Wi-Fi or the connections, which is the western part, you know, part of the western part of the state, what do they do? And the people who can't afford it um, in the inner cities. What do they do? That is going to impact them significantly uh, with their mental health and, and eventually their physical health. Mm-hmm. So I guess
1: hypothetically, say you're a, you're a Ways and Means chair. It's October. Um, there's not a full state budget yet, and the Department of Revenue is projecting a drop of anywhere of from 4% to 12% off of last year's collections. What, what do you
2: do? You you sit down with your closest advisors and the people you work with on the budget, or your budget directors uh, and the attorneys, because you will be challenged. Some of these cuts will be challenged, um, and you try to figure out: is this the right time to raise revenues? Now we we did in the past do gas tax an increase in the gas tax to pay for some of these things. What is available? Do you tax people in the middle of a recession, and and when they're already hurting? Uh, Those are things that we went over a lot. Um, And both the House and the Senate in the last recession felt that we couldn't do the big tax package that the governor had wanted us to do because, and I think this is true of every legislator, we're closer to the ground to the people we represent. Mm -hmm. You know, we see them in a grocery store, we see them at, at school, we see them on the street, and we know how hard it is for them. So are we going to add more burden to them by raising their taxes? And if we have to raise taxes, what tax and where? and is, can we sun, you know, can we, um, uh, sun down and make it di- sunset it and make it disappear after so many, so much time. And mm-hmm. the argument will be, Oh, you people never, you know, get rid of the taxes. You just keep, keep raising them. Well, you know, the income tax has gone down because of the, language that former uh, uh, speaker Finneran put in on the, the 2003, four recession. Uh, but um, there'll be people who will say that that's too high. And all of that is got to be looked at individually, in both branches. And then you have to come to agreement and then you get to the caucuses and people are going to say, well, you can't cut that. you Well, you can't cut this. Well, no, you know, I got that in the budget. So I want to keep that. And, the, and it's, you know, it's it's discouraging for all of the members to have to go back to their districts and say, "We can't afford to, no matter what it is that I that I said that I was going to be able to help with, whether it's road projects or bridge projects." So, from from my point of view, when recessions hit, and this is just me, it's prime the pump, prima la bamba, prime the pump, put capital to work. Stop bonding and putting out road projects. Start doing construction projects. Get those people to work. They spend their money, gets into the revenue stream, and, ha- and they pay taxes. Uh, and, 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 it, and it keeps p- people's um, spirits up also. So for me, it would be prime the pump wherever you can. Get the money out, bond it, get it out. Do your capital projects uh, while, you, while you're trying to figure out how, how this is all going to work out.
1: Yeah, I think there there's still a lot that needs to kind of shake out. We you know we still don't know what the federal aid picture is going to look like. We we ultimately are hearing a lot of um, kind of different projections for for what fiscal twenty twenty one revenues will look like. I know um, uh, Senator Rodriguez at the hearing the other day kind of raised that point that there was. A, a lot of variation out there in the numbers, but the, it's up to the, the budget writers to, to pick one. To, to right. pick one. How do you, when you're hearing from these different experts and economists with kind of different ideas of what's coming down the pike, how do you get to one number?
2: Well, you listen to all of them, but then you have to run your own numbers with your own personnel. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, both, both chair, House and Senate chairs have the ability to do that. Uh, with taking the advice by the experts, but you can see the whole range from experts. We'll give you a whole range of what they think. So then you, it really is up to the two chairs, and then the the Senate President, and the Speaker, uh, with their councils, because the council spent a lot of time on this um, oh, to sure. come up with that number, and then then you have to stick to that number. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, if something happens in the interim, you have to, and you have to revisit, which we had to do three times, um, you know, seven, eight, nine. Um, that's one thing, but also something good could happen and you could revisit and say, okay, I'll be able to put some money into that account. I'll be able to uh, revive that service or we'll be able to bring that back sooner than we thought we could, but I can tell you, there'll be both chairs. Don't, don't sleep at night right now. And they won't until this budget is put to bed. And even after that, the pain that will go along with that. And, and then now you add the unknowing of this this pandemic is bringing us. The, the big unknowing, you know, eventually recession is going to end. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might take a few years. I mean, Japan, it took almost 15 years for their markets to come back. So something's going to change. But is it, are we going to get a negative change because of the pandemic? We know the cost of health care is going to go up once this is over. People who, are, who have not been getting services because they've been afraid to come out. Right. Uh, that will change. Plus, people who were sick and have to pay, how are they going to pay for the care they got? They're not the president of the United States who gets it paid for by taxpayers. Um, they're individuals, some with no insurance. And mm-hmm. how do they pay? And so the, the, this is this triple and ripple effect that happens across the economy. Uh, when these things happen, but we've, I'm, I'm confident we've got two very good chairs. Um, um, Aaron, uh, Michael and, um, and Roderick's know their stuff. Mm-hmm. They know how to put this together. And of course, uh, speaker DeLeo Leo was chair ways and means uh, president Spilka was chair ways. It means they understand this nitty, the nitty gritty. Most members don't know that they only know the line items that they are concerned with. And 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 that affect them them and their community and their um, why why they came to the legislature. So uh, th- those four individuals uh, will have lots of sleepless nights.
1: I believe it. There's a lot going to gonna be a lot kicking around in their heads. I'm sure. Um, I don't know. I'm curious. You know, just your your take as one person. Do you think this is a um, uh, you know some of the levers that are available here? We have tax increases, we have spending cuts, we have, you know, drawing down the reserves. Do you think it's going to take all three of those to to work?
2: Uh, Yeah, I do. Maybe not the tax increases immediately, Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe into the next year when you, when you see what's falling out a little better, but that you're going to need, you're going to need something uh, to, to do that. There's usually some low and there's a ways and means where we we'll refer to it as low hanging fruit that you can cut, and there's probably about a billion and a half you can kind of put cut out now that you could bring back later. Um, but that's that even that is painful. But there's, you know, um, our budget has grown pretty pretty much in the last five years significantly increased uh, because our economy is booming and we have all of all of these wonderful things going on. Um, our cultural uh, uh, yeah, our arts and culture used to bring us revenues. We're bringing nothing. <laughs> it's, it's our tourism. You know, luckily the Cape and certainly Plymouth County has done better. Um, and I believe um, Cape Ann also because, because they were able to pivot and figure out how to get still people still want to come outside and go to the beaches. So those of us who had beaches to add to our tourism uh, experience made out a little better. But you have had every theater closed. You've had every venue, a live uh, uh, venue closed uh, because people can't go inside. You know, the entire one section of the city of Boston is is like blacked out where the Mm -hmm. the theater district, those revenues used to be available even in the downturn. So this is a whole new picture for us here.
1: So I guess given all that, what's your... uh... Any any words of wisdom or, or wishes for the the two ways and means chairs as they well, embark I, on this?
2: They know they know. I uh, I wish them all the best, and and I know how painful it is. So uh, I just say, you know, t- take the action you feel is the right way to go. Uh, stick to it, and um, and bring your members in. Let them know as you're putting this together, it's going to be painful, uh, and th- and. We can't make things up. Now there is there'll be members who want to be taxing things right away, and what you uh, and I'm more I'm more of a conservative on on that end of things. That um, I'd like to I would like them to take a look at where those taxes should go. Now is the millionaires tax won't pass to give them money this year. If it passes, um, that that would be down the road. But that's something. If it does pass, you can put money back in. Into some of these things, and and hopefully this pandemic will have a vaccine, and we'll have and better treatments. Uh, and uh, in a, in a year, we'll be able to look back at this and say, okay, um, these are the things we did right. These are the things we did wrong. Let's let's prepare because it's not going to be uh, if it's going to be when you have another event like this, and we're be- and they're becoming more and more frequent. We are lucky right now, and I wish. I've got to tap on some wood here uh, because we haven't had tornadoes, hurricanes, floods <laughs> that the rest uh, and fires like the rest of the country. We we are very lucky in that respect. But winter's coming. We could have nor'easters. We could have power outages. We could have ice storms that will also affect the economy, but will also hopefully bring out the workforce we still have to call on to plow the roads, to solve the to salt, follow and salt the roads, to make sure that uh, we get people out of flooded areas. I mean, those are things we you still have to think about and put money aside for.
1: Well, we'll certainly, uh, we'll see what happens in the, in the winter and beyond. Um, and thank you so much for your, your insight and kind of shining a little light for us on a, a part of the Beacon Hill process that a lot of people don't get to uh, experience firsthand.
2: They're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to happy to do it. Thank you.
0: All right. Th- thank you very much, Madam President, and thank you, Katie, for joining us this week on the State House Takeout. And as we said at the top of the podcast, for full coverage of this week's economic roundtable and uh, developing budget news, go to statehousenews.com. Thanks, folks. Okay. Thank you, Tim.
1: Statehouse Takeout is a production of the Statehouse News
2: Service. And for a daily fix of Statehouse headlines, visit masterlist.com. Masterlist with two S's. Thanks again for listening. See you next week.